Okay, welcome to Showhoppers, the very first episode of Showhoppers covering The Leftovers. I am Mr. Sal. I'm Kurt. And for those of you who don't know, uh, I am Mr. Sal because I, uh, I was a teacher of Kurt when he was in high school. I thought you were going to say you were a teacher, like you got fired. No, I still am a teacher. But... <laughs> That's good to hear. Well, I, I was Kurt's teacher uh, when he was in high school. So uh, that's that's the, the dynamic that you're going to experience here with uh, Mr. Sal and Kurt. Uh, it sounds a little Star Trekian, doesn't it? I, I've never watched Star Trek. I mean, I know there's Spock. But, yeah, uh, neither have I, actually. So that's, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't seen Star Trek. No, we, we may not want to advertise that to too many people. That could be considered sinful in some circles. That is but, like... <laughs> But anyway, uh, we're here to talk about the leftovers uh, in this podcast. Uh, we're also going to be podcasting about Lost, which is another Damon Lindelof produced uh, series. Uh, so there, there's a lot of overlap between the two series from what we understand. Uh, so there will be spoilers for season one, episode one of the leftovers and season one, episode one of Lost within this episode. OK, so if you're uh, concerned about that, you should definitely watch those two things first. I mean, if you're listening to a Leftovers podcast, I don't think I need to tell you that there are going to be spoilers about the Leftovers. I feel like that is, yeah. That's probably assumed. <laughs> it's implicit, isn't it? But at any rate, um, the other thing that we should mention here is that I have seen the Leftovers in its entirety. Uh, Kurt has seen just this episode, right, Kurt? This, yeah, it's the only episode I've seen. Not okay. even a trailer. Really? Not even a trailer? Not even a trailer. Just <laughs> Wow, you just on blind faith took my word for it. I never watch trailers. I try to avoid them. Oh, well, that's I'm 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 flattered. Uh, um, the reason I say that is because the leftovers. I I would consider this to be, if not my favorite series, my second favorite series. Um, I go back and forth between this one and Six Feet Under, uh, in terms of which one I, I prefer. I, I I and I'm hard pressed to tell you right now which one I think is better than the other. Um, so we'll, we'll just call this for the sake of simplicity. We'll call this my favorite series. Uh, but I should tell you, Kurt, that there is some, some dissension uh, about specifically season one of The Leftovers. Um, season one of The Leftovers has had very mixed reviews um, and also, by the end of it, very limited viewership. So I did uh, notice uh, the rating on Rotten Tomatoes because I, I do look up ratings on Rotten Tomatoes and season two and three are very great. Oh. Season one is like 80? So low 90s yeah so so understand i want you to understand a couple of things about this going in um season one has some ups and downs and, and we can talk about some of those because a lot of them show up right in this episode um but about halfway through season one uh it's, it's widely believed that uh episode three of season one uh people start to turn around and and, and start to view it more favorably and but if people stuck around to episode six uh then people fell head over heels in love with the show um so there are some rough patches through the first five episodes of this of the season um season two is widely considered to be one of the best seasons of television ever made uh, yeah statement <laughs> it's it is incredible i can't wait to get there but we're not there yet we're talking about season one episode one which by the way i will ride is it ride or die is that the term yeah yeah okay i'll ride or die for for season one in its entirety any day i love it really? uh I, I i will not apologize for any of it but I'll, although i do understand 
uh, some of the concerns that people have. Um, I mean, when I, when I saw season one, my initial reaction was this is, the way I described it was this is high drama. Like there is no, <laughs> there is no relief from the drama in this first season. There is a lot of drama in just oh. the premiere episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is heavy, heavy drama, um, which I loved. I, I, I have no problem with it, but I understand that that's not for everyone. So uh, hopefully it's enough for you that you can at least get through to episode six because uh, the season really just turns on the gas at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you this. Your, your initial reaction, this is the way I want to start every episode of our podcast. What's your initial reaction to this episode? Love it, hate it, like it, meh. What do you think? So in terms of a pilot, um, pilots have like, especially when they're with new characters, right? So not like Better Call Saul or like The Witcher, where they have characters people already know. It's mm-hmm. really hard because you have to introduce the characters, give background, right? And then like kind of move the plot along or like explain what this is all about because every other episode you already know the characters so it's much easier so in terms of that having to introduce new characters and give a plot i actually really like this pilot <laughs> i liked it a lot yeah. uh my biggest complaint would probably be i didn't know any character names and that was really bothering me because they just never gave away any character names except for like one dialogue they'd be like kevin hey <laughs> like, that's... that's my wife Lori, <laughs> like, like, that's, that's how they would always show the names at like this uh premiere episode but um, I actually really did like the premiere episode. Uh, it did give me a lot of questions, and I do have some complaints. Like, yeah. Um, I don't care for certain storylines. We can get into that when you get into them. Totally agree with you, yes. But uh, like I feel like this was about an hour and ten. I feel like they could have cut it down to like 40 minutes, and it would have been even better. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. I, 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 can, I, I can totally understand where you're coming from. I'm interested to hear uh, where those points came for you. Um, so uh, go ahead. Oh, no, uh, uh, just probably the points I went into the most would probably be like, uh, Jill, right? Is that Kevin's daughter's name? Correct. I don't care much for Jill. I understand her storyline, some of it. Okay. Could cut that down a little. Cut down like, some of those long, they, they, they showed at least two I can remember off the top of my head where it's, you know, they play the music, uh, in a cinematic, specifically like the parade and, um, uh, also, I guess when the revolt and when the GRE come in, um, and I just they're so long. <laughs> and when like the say, itself. When you say GRE, you're not talking about the the grad school entrance exams, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I think you, I think you mean the GR, the guilty. Oh, it's GR. I thought yeah, GRE. Gu- guilty remnant. So. Okay. So the guilty remnant are these people. They're very mysterious in this first episode. I mean, you really don't know anything about them, but they're all dressed in white. They smoke all the time. They're chain smoking. <laughs> they don't talk, um, and they just troll people, and we don't know why. <laughs> I I, feel, I thought they're like they like love getting beat up. What's it called being a sadist, masochist, uh, a masochist, masochist, like yes, they, like. I don't know, they're just looking to get beat up, like, several times again hit in the show. They did, near the end of the episode, they did, like, the one guy retaliated, and the one person finally talked, which I was, like, shocked on both fronts. I was like, oh. Oh, so it, we're jumping ahead a little That's bit. That's way I, yeah, so, Well, yeah, we're jumping ahead to the end, basically. <laughs> but I think what you're talking about is uh, they get a new recruit to the Guilty Remnant. 
Mm-hmm. And so the kind of the leader of the guilty remnant talks to her. But then at yeah. the end of that conversation, she said, we won't speak again. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. She, she did. It's, it's really that. just an introduction type thing, but this, this, this group is extremely mysterious. Um, I mean, did you get anything else f- about them? Other than that, mirrors, mirrors. I I remember. I don't know if it was just them, but I remember seeing. I think it was them, though, or if this was more than people. But the mirrors that said like the reminder or something written on it. The one lady was like brushing her teeth, and then right, we are living reminders. Yeah, there. That that's it. Yeah, is that just the gr, or is that um like multiple people, like? So the guilty remnant is this group that's all wearing white. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and this, that is uh, sort of a, a slogan that they have. Oh yeah. Wait, wait, the slogan. Wait, I can remember this. It was um, uh, stop wasting your breath. At least that's the sign they <laughs> held up. Words to literally live by for them. Don't waste. Your yes. Breath. Uh-huh. Yes. So that was something to that. So uh, the the guilty remnant um shows up at this at this heroes day parade, uh, with this sign that says stop wasting your breath. Right, uh, which is interesting because they they are a group, an organization that never speaks. So they they literally are never wasting their breath because they aren't spending any to waste. So, um, and they're telling everybody else to do the same. Um, so so what do you make of them? What do you think the point of them, the purpose of them is? Uh, did did you get anything more out of them than we've already talked about? Yeah, well, they had like the case files of people they were sharing around with photos. The the one girl they shared, and then she eventually joins them in the end. And like my my main my hypothesis right now is like they were like an abusive support group. Like I don't, I don't know. Like the, the husband was talking about marrying her. I don't know. Maybe like it's an huh? abusive relationship, and they're there to like help out. But like they 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 seem to pick who they recruit is what I gathered. But oh, I don't. I- no. Absolutely. That was that, that was pretty that was pretty good. So they they are choosing who they recruit. They recruited her. Her name is Meg, by the oh, way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. So actually. they recruited Meg um, to join to join them, and and then she ultimately does join them. And your hypothesis is that they recruited her because they think she's in an abusive relationship, and this is like some very, very bizarre form of a of, of relationship <laughs> abuse support. But now that I think about it even more, right? They started stalking. Um... Kevin, right at the very end, right? You see the two of them watching over him. I don't know if they're just trying to intimidate him or if he's their next target. But, wait, wait, um, hold on a second. I don't remember that. I don't know was that in his dream. That might have been in his dream. I certainly know near the end of the episode, there were two of them when he got out of his car. I think. Now, now you make me wonder. Is that Kevin? The main, well, the, the cop, the, the cop uh, who yeah, I think Kevin. is the main protagonist. Kevin, Kevin, the main character, played by mm-hmm. Justin Thoreau. Um, yeah, it, he actually went to the guilty remnant like cul-de-sac yeah, yeah, yeah. housing complex while drunk driving. Yeah, correct. <laughs> so, uh, is that what you're talking about? I, maybe, maybe is that's that, where I'm remembering think... that from. Maybe that is where I remember. I, I mean, I remember yeah. he goes up, beats up the guy there. Maybe that's where I'm remembering that snapshot. That yeah, that night, that's but... that actually, you know, that that's him actually there. He but he yeah. goes to them because he's trying to speak to Lord, who yeah. we the woman who we find out is his wife, Lori. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, which is, I mean, that, that's something that I, I really enjoy about this, this pilot is that uh, they, they show you the four Garveys, but you don't necessarily know that they're connected until they're ready to let you know that, um, you know, he, 
breaks the glass on the picture frame where where his wife's face was mm-hmm. so you can't see who his wife is and and you kind of i mean what did you where did you think his wife was throughout all of this so at first at first i assumed okay uh well we're first seeing him he seems super surprised i'm like maybe he's the only like survivor of his family maybe he's one of the unlucky like one in 50 to the third power whatever that is like he got super unlucky they're all dead and you know he's super sad and then we see like we meet uh jill right you see her and i'm like okay maybe it's just them two and maybe he only lost like his wife and like he didn't have another kid right yep and uh eventually when when uh i see like he calls tom all the time and tom yep. doesn't pick up I'm like, okay, so we just lost the wife, and it broke apart the family. Obvious, that's what that's what happened here, right? The wife disappeared, and then all the kids got like, and the kids got traumatized, and like, didn't like their dad, and she's gone. And then, nope, she's not gone. She's she's alive, and for whatever reason, part of this cult. And, yeah. Okay, so so you identify as a cult right off the bat. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, what makes you say that? I mean. They all live together in a cult. I mean, you want me to give you the definition of a cult? <laughs> like, no, not like, necessarily. I just, I don't. Oh, I'm trying to think. They all live together. They wear all these white sheets. Chain smoking. It's probably in the rules to chain smoke, and that's not good for you. <laughs> no, uh, it's not. They can't talk, or at least they're not supposed to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, I guess, I don't know if they get punished at all, or if they get like um, like I, I haven't seen anyone in the cult trying to disobey the rules. Maybe maybe there's just you know a nice support group for abused people. <laughs> okay. Well, well, I, I mean, I'm I'm certainly not going to spoil any more information about them. So it's just interested in, interesting to hear you talk about that. Um, so they are certainly, uh, to me, the most striking thing about this episode, mm-hmm. right? They're, oh. they're the most jarring, the most uh, seemingly mysterious and out of place, uh, other than the fact that, you know, 2% of the world's population disappeared and nobody <laughs> knows where they went. So, it would be that or uh, the guy that shot the dog in, like, very beginning. I was like, what? why is this guy just going around to the dog good, store? That's, that's a good point, but too. But they solved uh, that. They did solve that later on, though. Okay. Like, so, now, why do you think that they saw... Let's talk about the guy with the dog. Before, before we talk about the guy with the dog, um, let's, let me just mention, because I, I, for the, just like you, this is the first time you've ever watched the leftovers. This is the first time I've ever watched lost and, and you have seen, well, I, most of lost. So a few, few seasons. Yeah. So one of the things that struck me right away was the very first thing we see in lost is the person who I assume is the main character, right? Uh, yeah. Jack. The doctor yeah, okay. guy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. We see Jack wake up and what's right there a dog dog. okay (laughs) that's a big thing i wanted to talk to you about now now we come to the leftovers here (laughs) and the first time we see the main character this is not the first scene in the episode but the Mm -hmm. first time we see the main character he's jogging and he comes across guess what a dog a dog (laughs) what's the name of um uh, who's the director or a producer damon lindelof sorry what Damon Lindelof. Damon Lindelof. So Damon, yeah. ah, he must love dogs. He must be. A he's dog got. Guy. A, he's got a thing for dogs. I uh, think. That's the only thing. Uh, but I can. I mean, I will tell you that that dogs do play. I don't want to say a central role, but they're pretty prevalent throughout the leftovers. Okay, they, they do keep coming up. So I feel like they will. 
Right. So in this first episode, so let's talk about this guy. Um, This guy, just guy with a rifle or shotgun. I think a shotgun. I don't know. I don't really know my weapons very well. But (laughs) um, (laughs) just out of the blue shoots this dog that Kevin's trying to uh, talk to and and, and look at his tags and figure out where he's from and why he's just out wandering. Um, And the guy just shoots him dead. and then gets in his truck and goes away. And, and Kevin spends the rest of the episode trying to track this guy down. Uh, finally does uh, in a bar randomly. Um, but the guy gets away from him. Uh, and then in the in Kevin's out uh, at the end of the episode, a pack of dogs, just a wild feral dogs, just attacks this deer in the middle of the road. Right. <laughs> and we can talk about the deer later if you want. But um, this feral dog pack attacks this deer and then all of a sudden there's the guy with the shotgun picking off the dogs as they feast on the deer uh and he he encourages kevin to do the same and and the line that he uses is these are not our dogs not anymore right so um and and i want to talk more about that too because we have we've already seen at that point in the episode a few instances where people have talked about the dogs uh, kind of going wild. So uh, that particular, that first dog that gets shot, uh, Kevin tries to return it to its owner. And and the owner says that that dog's been gone ever since it witnessed the three years about. Yeah. yeah, The three year mark of since the disappearance. Um, By the way, uh, that event, the disappearance of the 2% is referred to throughout the series as the departure. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so since the dog witnessed the departure of her husband, the dog ran away and has just been gone and feral at that point. Um, and apparently, this was a really common thing for lots of the dogs. Uh, even the 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 twin teenagers even say to Jill at one point, "Dogs are just animals. They're not like us trying to make sense of stuff that doesn't make sense." Right. They see something like that and they just snap. The same thing's happening to us. It's just taking longer. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Yeah. How, yeah, they're relating the humans to the dogs. Mm-hmm. I guess, I mean, I wouldn't really say he's true, right? I mean, when I look at the GR, oh, God, it's so primal, the GR, chain smoking cave people. Um, Funny you should mention cave people. That's going to become relevant later. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many questions also about like what I think is another cult, but um before before I talk about like I Wayne, right? That's the Holy Wayne. Yeah. Holy okay, it's Holy Wayne. Uh yep. but before we talk about that, I do wanna finish up with the dogs with them. Yep. I feel like there's a plot okay, a major plot to me is like how as the ch- uh cop chief, right? Kevin has never heard about these dogs no longer being like even this teenage boy knows that the dogs have all snapped and gone primal but for whatever reason <laughs> kevin three years cop force right and like this guy must just have started recently shooting dogs right or like if he was shooting them before he was like hiding the corpses or like you think they'd find like other deers or like yeah deer that have been like mutilated or like killed by dogs like in the streets like that happened there and the cops would have figured out i'm just surprised he doesn't know or maybe he does know, and he thinks that there was salvation until he saw that. Maybe he knows. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, uh, one of the things that that you're going to find throughout the course of this season, um, 
and certainly uh, as the series progresses, is that they they kind of hone in on specific events um, in specific periods of time. So we're there's no, there's a good reason why we are at the the three year anniversary of the the departure. Yeah. Okay, um, and so uh, the idea is that these strange things happen around the anniversary of the departure. So. Um, but the dogs had been gone for the three years. You're right about that. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe Kevin Garvey didn't have a dog, so didn't wasn't really attuned to that. But he was the chief of police, and he did see his father kind of go crazy after the event, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, did you do you remember seeing this? Uh, no. Okay, so when he when he goes to return the dog to the owner. <laughs> the the owner says, "Wait, Chief Garvey, I thought you went crazy." Oh yeah, I thought I thought it was him that went crazy, and he was pretending it was his dad. Like, no, it's like, oh. dad. And, <laughs> okay, it was and, actually dad. And there's his dad just running naked through the streets, yeah, yeah. like a feral yeah. dog. Um, so uh. it, it did have an impact on 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 several uh, situations, but um, you know, it's interesting because th- this episode. Uh, really is focused on introducing the Garveys. Um, Kevin, the, who's the chief of police, his wife, Lori, who's now in the Guilty Remnant, uh, their son, Tommy, who's working with Holy Wayne, and their daughter, Jill, who is uh, hanging around with the worst group of teenagers I can even imagine. <laughs> so. I, I, I was going to complain about that, but I was like, I've never I've never seen a party where people do like, all, like just so much... Like, just all this extreme stuff, all these hard drugs, all this stuff. But you know what? They were young. I mean, they've grown. It's been three years, but like the trauma of the yep. loss, maybe that's why they've started using drugs more. But I, I, I that is the, that's, that's, I'm glad you brought that up because I was actually going to ask you, have you ever seen a party like this? No, I've never seen a party to that extent. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen a party to that degree. No. But. I think you're right. And I think that that's explained by the twins who are the only teenagers that I kind of am okay with in this episode. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, although uh, Jill, I, I, I will disagree with you uh, on, on Jill. I, I do really like Jill. I, I, I like the torture, especially when not, not the literal torture, but I like how tortured she is. <laughs> not the fact that she's choking somebody halfway through the episode, but um, <laughs> that's just a weird, weird that's scene. That's a weird scene. But my point is that, uh, especially once you get to the end and you realize that her mother didn't depart, but rather chose to leave them to join the guilty remnant. Yeah, like, so that must be way more traumatizing for Jill. I, I, I did think about that. I was like, okay, that, that explains Jill much more. Oh, and yeah. uh, Tom as well, why, you know, he may have left to go to his own parcel cult or work or whatever he does for holy way i mean i know what he does right. in security but i don't know exactly what holy well, does. i have an idea but yeah he, he's gonna do a lot more for holy way than that so <laughs> but um but before we get to tommy let's let's continue talking about jill here hmm. um because i i that party scene is one of my least favorite scenes in the entire series um and yet I don't think it is without its utility. I think there is a reason for it. And I think it's overall valuable that we have it. Uh, but boy, do I hate watching it. Party scene. Yeah. I, I wasn't too, a big fan of the party scene. Yeah. I can see some utility in it, but uh, I mean, 
it, you could have gone the same utility with a different scene. I understand why they did it to show how Jill is as like a girl and like uh, stuff that happens to make her more sad and like like the dog discovery and explain to the viewers why the dogs have gone primal and mm-hmm. you know yeah I, I definitely see the utility in it and yeah. I you know I, I, I won't hate the series over <laughs> the seed no, it's, no. Not, it's, not, it's not the world tour seed I just yeah I, I don't know we're, I'm all we're about it. get a few more scenes with, with the awful teenagers but the, overall like the, they're very minimal uh, Jill is not Jill Jill's a major character but um, but the, the other teenagers we won't see too much of uh, from uh, going forward some but not too much um yeah so you were you were bringing up um holy wayne so you want to talk about tommy and holy wayne for a bit yeah yeah i'll, I'll give you my um what i think holy wayne does because they, they, they are still somewhat mystique but i think i have an idea of what's it um so congressman what's it i don't know sorry with a w wing winton this is one of those two I actually actually don't know that one. So it was one. We'll just go with the wing because you don't know, and I'll just say I was right. But <laughs> congressman, con- wing. Yeah, yeah, congressman. Yeah, congressman. Yeah, Right, and like he gives this huge wad of cat. It's got to be over ten grand, right? At least, maybe it's just I ten grand. But he gives a massive wad of money to this guy in the beginning. He's gone car to car, right? So there's security purposes. And I thought it was like this. My first question is why is Holy, why is Holy Wayne have all the security right? So people is he doing something illegal or is he just doing something and people are trying to come after him right? You don't have to answer that. I'm just saying that those are the okay. questions in my mind that come from that. You know why does he have all the security? Why does he not want people to know his location? And then even besides that, um, when he finally sees him, he talks about how he's been like I forget. Do you have the exact phrase of what he says? Like he's been enlightened or he's what is it Un- unburdened unburdened there you go so yeah. like so what i just imagine holy wayne to be is just a giga therapist he's the world's best therapist and then like you go have one session with him boom like all of your mental health crises solved right that's that's the yeah. only way i can describe him right now in terms of a, what i think he actually does for people right? I, I think that's a pretty good hypothesis given the information that you have so pretty good but i mean we'll we'll certainly see i don't want to reveal any anything more than that right now but i think that you're on the right track so another thing i i, I question is like he has his whole compound which is whatever that's fine security guards but he also had all those women i saw and then uh when um tom's chatting up one of them yeah whatever like uh wayne gets really defensive about it and wayne gives a warning about him the anniversary is coming up and you said notable things happen during the anniversary so now i'm thinking oh, yeah. so maybe maybe he actually is like some sort of prophet that like actually like has this insight he's not just a at first i thought maybe he's just a hoax right like it would make yeah. sense people will try to like cash off you know going hey i can talk to your dead relatives i can give you closure but maybe you know maybe he is the real deal as tom even says he's the real deal when uh, the yep. congressman asks him but um like i wonder what all those women are doing there Does, is he like a polygamist <laughs> multiple wives Does he get okay so interesting um l- let me address a couple of these points first i, th- I think that you've you've identified a really important theme that there are going to be people taking advantage of this situation. Oh, sir. Um, and it is very interesting to see exactly how and, and, and what types of businesses pop up as a result of, of this uh, situation, which, you know, uh, we can talk about this a little bit more later if you want, but I, I couldn't help but draw some parallels between 
some themes of the leftovers and, and what we're going through right now with coronavirus quarantine. Um, and just the idea of, of, of thing people take, trying to take advantage and businesses popping up. We can talk more about that later. But um, as far as Holy Wayne goes, um, well, let me ask you this, because I think you're you're on the right track. I got a couple of questions for you. Did you happen to notice that that all the women were a specific type of women? Were they all Asian? I They're mean, all the one... young Asian women. Okay, I know they're all young, but. I, the one girl I saw was Asian, so okay, they're all young yeah. Asian women. They're all young Asian women, um, which could become important. I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> the other question I wanted to ask you is, um, what polygamist. do what's that? Total polygamist. That's all I've gathered. Ah, okay. Um, what do you think of that storyline? Uh, with Wayne, Holy Wayne, and the congressman, yeah. and show, and then Wayne flexing on uh, Tom, for Tom with the knife. Of his- Wives, yeah, <laughs> and warning him. Uh, I mean, I liked it just because I, I, it'll probably be some sort of like key entity or group, right? I, like, like I think them, the GR, and like the police force, and like just regular people that we also get to see, like those are probably like four big, you know, different entities or groups. And like, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, I like the storyline. I'm really curious to what Wayne's about. I think he might be even like. And maybe he's not more mysterious than the GR. The GR actually are really mysterious. <laughs> but I just, I, I, I did, out of all of them, I wanted to know the most about Holy Wayne at the end of the episode. I did want to know even more. Like, I want to know, like, what's he, like, what, what, like, what is he specifically doing? Like, how does he do yeah. it? What's his, you know. Interesting. Okay, cool. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. Um, The Holy Wayne uh, Tommy story is one of my least favorite parts of <laughs> Really? of not necessarily the first episode i think it's it holds up fine in the first episode I, that's i i kind of lose interest in that storyline as, as the season progresses but we'll, we'll see how how you feel about it as as we go on but um but uh, you're you're right there's it's shrouded in mystery uh and it, it i actually forgot that that you don't know what goes on in that room uh with holy wayne and the congressman um, <laughs> so you almost dropped it to me mr cell no i'm not gonna drop okay. it okay right. definitely not um but so that's interesting um another interesting thing that i that i just thought of that uh you may you would probably not have noticed because this is the only episode that you've seen is that there are at least two uh maybe three well yeah three major characters that you've only really scraped the surface with in this in this first episode um because this first episode is so heavily focused on the garveys that's the the family of kevin lori jill and tommy um and and what's going on with all of them right now but there are there were three other people who who were introduced in this first episode that are major characters um that we'll see a lot more of um, but you may not have me. You can may I, have can I guess one? Yeah, Let's sure. Okay, okay. Is one the lady we see in the very beginning that's later seen in the show that uh with her baby disappearing? One of them? Or she's actually the... no. Ah, oh, I remember. I recognized her from the office. That's what come. I was like, oh, she... <laughs> yeah. Who she was she in the office? She was uh when Jim switched offices. She was the girl Jim started dating. No. Yeah. What? <laughs> she's not. Yes, she is. What? In the Utica branch, yeah. When they show her in the very, she looked different when they show her. Not the Utica branch. You're talking about the Stanford, Sam, Sanford. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the Stanford branch. Yeah, That's yeah, Rashida right. Jones, isn't it? 
No. Not 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 the same actress. Really? No. No, I don't believe you. We're gonna have to fact check this. Okay. You, <laughs> next you can fact next check episode, that. we're gonna have this fact check. Okay, but no, she is not one of the main characters. But actually, while we're talking about that, what did you think of the opening scene? I don't remember. Oh, the uh, the it's the departure. The departure stuff. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, I remember. I was so annoyed because the baby kept crying. Oh, oh, I was like, when, so I know going into it, you told me like two percent of the population goes away. So you know, I I have a clue that that's about to happen. At some point, or it did happen, like, you know, I have that in the back of my head, and I'm watching yeah. her. She's in like the laundry mat doing this stuff, and like, I, you know, busy mom has to clean her clothes. I get that, but the baby crying annoyed me so much. I was hoping the baby would disappear just while. Like, oh the my god, were you really? Yeah, I was hoping because I was like, this baby's crying. I know it's the leftovers. Like, I was getting so annoyed with this baby crying. Oh I was getting ready to like hit the fast forward button. I don't like hearing the baby cry. You know, I don't want to hear this. And then the baby disappeared, oh. and I was so happy. I was like, ah. Oh. I wasn't really happy elated. the baby disappeared. I wasn't really elated, but I, I mean, I, I, I kind of guessed something would disappear. Maybe she would, and then they would just leave the baby crying, or like you know, so, oh, something yeah. would happen. But, uh, yeah, I was happy the baby disappeared. Kind of more wow. happy than I would be in real life. <laughs> wow, that's just cold. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. I like my TV shows baby crying free for the most part. Yes. Well, I suppose. So there's something to be said about that. Well, I, I don't think I'm going to say it, but there's something to be said about that. <laughs> um, at any rate, uh, I, I really, I think the opening scene, the departure itself is, is incredibly effective and, and just kind of a, a real kick in the teeth right I, off the bat. I you agree know. so much. There's um when they show like the little boy the shopping cart moving because his dad oh. disappeared, the car yep. that then rams the other like car and then like, you hear the 911 services, which I didn't think about, right? But then, like, oh, it makes yeah. you realize how burdenous this must be on, like, emergency services, right? Like, getting all Absolutely. these calls about these disappearances out of the blue. And, like, oh, my God. Just what else would be burdened by this, right? That's just Oh, well, you're going to find out a lot. But it, it, it <laughs> oh, really... It is it is just astounding to think about, and, and and they only scratch the surface there. You know, these these kids lose their parents, the driver, the cars lose their drivers. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, there's there's all kinds of consequences that that happen as a result of this. And so, I, I, but I think that the the emotional gut punch of that first scene is so effective. Um, and I, I maybe maybe it's because I'm a parent that I just, just <laughs> the idea of my my child just suddenly being gone and no trace of them anywhere is is just terrifying um it's so, so watching that do you watch your kids a little closer now <laughs> <laughs> i i watch them pretty closely to begin with especially good now answer, good answer. So, but so i i've i found that to be tremendously effective but no she is not someone that we see a whole lot of we will see her again at least one more time maybe two in the whole series but that's about it Actually, we see her later in this episode, in the bar, right? Yeah, that's that's what, yeah we saw her later on when she starts. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like we showed her after. That's why I thought she didn't become a main character. Like yeah, they showed no, her she, in the beginning, and then later on, like she can introduce her. Yeah, she does not become a main character, but there are three other characters that become main characters that we were only very minimally introduced to in this episode. I, I, so I was wondering, like, so. So when she brings up in the bar, when she's talking to Kevin, she mentions, like, the departure and, like, where were you when it happened, right? And so, oh, yeah. Like, is that is that, like, a... So I, I thought about, like, people in New York City, 
right? That were there for 9-11. Yes. Don't really casually ask people, where were you during 9-11 for an opening conversation, right? Yeah. Like, I think... I think it needs to be settled about eight million well, people. I don't. I don't know about that. I like. I people. I mean, I remember nine eleven, and I and I remember exactly where I was. And I'm I think not saying you be- don't, but just to bring that up in like idle conversation, right? Like you're sitting at a bar, and then you're chatting with someone, and then one of the first questions you ask them isn't like, I don't know. Maybe she already knew she was the, the well, cop chief, but you got to remember the context, though. This is the three year anniversary. They, um, they just had this big heroes day and true. on and on the television they're they're running through the list of people who disappeared on the famous people who disappeared on the departure was anybody of any interest to you in that grouping i didn't even know i wasn't looking at the tv at all <laughs> I have no clue. oh really no i wasn't oh, i did not notice this <laughs> oh it's it's really interesting it's like um who did they show i know they showed condoleezza rice who who's a a cabinet member of george w bush um is she really that notable? <laughs> Put her oh, on the oh yeah, she she's she's very notable at the time. Um, they oh show, yeah, what year does this take place in? I guess I never really figured. Well, that. the 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 show itself was was set present day, so whenever that's all came out, so I think it was two thousand fourteen. Okay. Um, I'll I'll find out, but um, but the point is, yeah, it's two thousand fourteen. So if that's three years after. Uh, the anniversary of, or three years after the actual departure itself, um, then the departure probably took place in 2011 or so. Mathematically, yes. Yeah. So, um, so at any rate, uh, and I think they actually do mention later what the exact year was uh-huh. that um, that that happened. Uh, but at any rate, uh, they they show Condoleezza Rice. They show Bonnie Raitt. I don't know if you know who Bonnie Raitt is. No, I don't. Yeah, she, she's uh, uh, she's a famous uh, singer, country singer. Um, they show uh, Gary Busey, who's a famous actor. Okay, I, I know Gary Busey. All right, the 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 bartender starts talking about uh, the Pope disappears, uh, <laughs> is departed, and it's, so there there are a whole there's a whole litany, and they, this comes up from time to time throughout the series of these these famous people who disappeared. So at any rate, uh, these. Uh, that's going on that's on the tv in the background uh we've got uh the third three-year anniversary and then uh, so i think it's i think it's reasonable for her to ask that question on that day in that setting okay that, that's pretty that, that's very fair i guess that if if, if it was 9 11 or the anniversary of 9 11 there's like on the tv talking about those that have fallen and you're in a city where it took place which i guess the departures everywhere but if you're in new york city even if you're not in new york city to be honest if you just you know Anywhere in the states, probably like oh, you know, I might ask someone. That's a very fair point. Very fair point. Yeah. Actually, I didn't think of all oh, thank that. You, <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Convinced me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but you were talking about was that your purpose in bringing that up, or did you want to talk about where Kevin was? Uh, I I brought that up because that's why I thought she'd be a main character. Just they showed her in the oh. beginning, showed her there. Maybe like later episodes, she becomes more full character and like, but no. Gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, and Kevin was quote unquote cleaning some gutters. Wait, what? (laughs) Well, that's what he says. He says, I was cleaning a gutter, cleaning out a gutter. Oh, yeah. But we get a. a Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We we actually get a lot of these very brief flashbacks. That's why. So, I have to say this as well. That's made me think even more. So, when when you talked about how his dad went crazy, right? And he was running Mm -hmm. around naked. 
that further cemented that he was the one that ran around naked because if he was with his wife naked she disappeared because i thought she disappeared at that point still she disappears and then like because i thought he lied when he (laughs) when he said you know i thought he was the one he just oh that's my father i was the one running around crazy oh so that really cemented to me i was like oh 100 that's why he ran around crazy his wife disappeared and he was just Oh well, I'm sorry for spoiling that for you then. No, no, you didn't spoil <laughs> that for me because well, I mean, I guess, I guess I would have never truly. I yeah, maybe, maybe you did though. I, I did think it was him. I did think it was him, but I'm not too worried about that. Gotcha. The spoiler. I don't think that's. I mean, he did say it was not him. <laughs> he did. He did say the truth. I just thought he was lying. <laughs> you know, while I'm thinking of it, I got, I got to make sure that you know this before uh, we go too much further into the leftovers, uh, and they. Tom Prada, who who is the author of the book that The Leftovers is based on, um, and he's also a producer of the show, um, one of the writers on the show, and Damon Lindelof, the creator of the show, the co-creator of the show, those two created it. Um, They said right up front before, you know, episode two aired that where the people went and why this happened is never going to be answered. Oh, yeah, you told me this. Okay, so uh, we we have to make sure uh, because I think that that allows you knowing that allows you to uh, take in the series in a very different way. You, because there, there's not, you, you should not be going through the series trying to solve that mystery. That's not the point mm-hmm. of the series. Um, the point is, I mean, it's called the leftovers. The it's about the people who are left. Yeah, the ninety eight percent. Yeah, it's about the people who are left and how they cope with it, how they deal with it. It's not, a, and in a lot of ways, this show is about grief, um, which I, which is one of the things I love about it. Um, but it's, it's, it's not a mystery to be solved. So, you know, don't get too hung up on that part of it. Um, uh, I mean, ahead. so, so the show has ended. Did they ever say like what it, what it is, or did they just literally? We're never revealing it in the book. Is there everything like, you know, as uh, interestingly, I've never read the book. Um, <laughs> your favorite series ever. Quite a... It is. But I mean, the, the events of the book are pretty much done by the end of season one. Oh, okay. So uh, they, they go way beyond the book in seasons two and three. Oh. Um, and you know, I've, I've heard some people talk about the book and, and it's just, I don't think, uh, maybe someday I'll read it. Uh, it. It's just not something that I feel like I need in order to appreciate the show. So, um, and I think that the book kind of leans a little heavier into some of the storylines that I'm less interested in, like <laughs> Holy Wayne. So, <laughs> no, he's a cool guy. Okay, well, I'm, I'm glad I, you like him. Come on, I like, oh, yeah, he's a cool guy, man. Oh, I'm so impressed by Holy Wayne <laughs> having that level of power, right? Just going in there. Well, I mean, he's definitely a presence. That, oh like, yeah. He Tom is so scared when he's like, yeah. "You got spent. You're spending the night in the bunk." When the one lady tells him that, he's like, oh, ha, 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 and the lady's like, <laughs> "He's having to repeat it to him." And yeah, then, oh, wonderful. Yeah, so that there that is a very cool thing. Um, oh, so so the one the the three characters that that will become main characters, I'll talk about briefly, unless you want to take another guess. Um, let me go through Lordy. Maybe like I well, mean, she's- I, I I guess I kind of assumed that you would recognize Kevin, Lori, Jill, and oh, yeah, okay. Tommy, the four Garveys, as being main characters. They and they certainly are. All right. uh, well, then uh, maybe Meg. 
because they introduced her and she maybe so maybe Meg becomes a main Meg, Meg is a, a pretty big character. Yep. Okay. Um, and I, I, I guess I kind of assumed that you would have identified her as a main character already as well. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm okay. talking about three three people who you only saw once in this in okay. this. Well, the mayor I see more than once. Um, okay, so first time I only see once. Uh, Amy, but you see her more than once. Yeah, she's all over this episode. Ah, uh, okay, someone that you only see once. I and uh, all over Nick apparently. <laughs> yeah, Nick. <laughs> uh, who is? I I can't. I I no no. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. No. Um, one one of them is uh, Kevin's father. The father. Oh, of oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of them is the the guy handing out flyers, saying. Mm. This is, you know, the, the, these weren't, this wasn't the rapture. Do you know what the rapture is, by the yeah, way? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know the rapture. All right, so, uh, right, so the rapture is the, the uh, basically the taking of all the good souls into heaven all at once, right? Um, and so he he's saying this wasn't the rapture. These people were not any better than us. They, you know, they were, you know, yeah, talking about what they did, domestic abusers or whatever else. Um, so he becomes a main character. That's Matt. Um, and then the other person who, who is becomes probably the second biggest character in the show after Kevin is uh, Nora Durst. So do you know who Nora Durst is? No. Okay. She was the woman who gave the speech who lost her entire family. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. She, is, she is probably my favorite character ever on really? television. Really? I mean, I did not care for... <laughs> Much like the mayor, I well, cause like I mean, cause like the mayor, you joke, you know, like I don't care what she's gonna say, right? Whatever she's gonna uh, say, and then yeah, she starts talking. And I'm like, oh, what's she gonna say? And then very quickly, I'm like, oh, she's the one that lost her whole family. Well, I mean, I can kind of guess where the speech will go. And like, I mean, yeah, it went pretty much in the right direction you think it went. Did but, uh, did it? Because I I I really I love that speech for uh, the simple reason that uh, she's she's identified. I I think it it really so very well i'm saying this wrong <laughs> it very nicely uh illustrates that feel, uh, what grief can feel like the idea that you're not asking for perfection back just anything back would be enough um and and i i really felt it hit me more being in quarantine now uh, than I ever felt it before when I've watched that, that episode before. Um, because, you know, I think about the things that were, that were missing by, by being locked down here. Yeah, that's true. And I, and I think about, uh, for those of you who might be listening 10 years from now, uh, we're in, in quarantine and lockdown uh, due to the coronavirus pandemic. Um, which is probably written about in history books at that point. <laughs> but, also, uh, in 10 years from now, I can guarantee you that the President of the United States' last name will be McDonald. Just saying. <laughs> I can tell that. <laughs> Going on the record on that, last name will be McDonald. Won't reveal gender, won't reveal anything else. Can give you that guarantee. Kurt, that is a ridiculous assertion. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'm right, people are to go back... Like, Listen, this might be what propels us into popularity is if I just say that and then well, I mean, not, people go back and then I got to believe that <laughs> if there was a potential presidential candidate, 10 years is not that long. So it's not that far away. We're Maybe not about, for you. 
we're talking about 2030 here. Like we would probably somebody named McDonald who might be president would probably be on our radar. I can't think of anybody named McDonald right now other than uh, Norm McDonald. Who's was Trump on the radar to be president 10 years ago? What's that? Was he on the radar really to be president like 10 years who, ago? Who Donald Trump? Yeah. In 2006. I, I know people like some reports like, you know, was he really on the oh, radar? I've heard though? interviews with yeah. him from, like the eighties saying that he was going to be the president talking about being president. Yeah. But like, he was on no one's real rate. Like no one was like, Okay, but if you said to me 20, you know, 10 years ago, somebody with the last name Trump will be the president, I'd say, Donald Trump? Are you serious? <laughs> That's very true. But you say McDonald, and I say, I don't I can't even think yeah. of a McDonald. Ronald McDonald? I don't think so. Like, <laughs> fictional characters aren't allowed to be president yet, as far as I know. Wow. <laughs> um, anyway, we're digressing here. Yeah. But, um, but uh, that's okay. That was fun. <laughs> but uh, but I, I think about being in being in lockdown here, being in quarantine, uh, the stuff that I miss, and it's like you know I I, I don't need the the perfect day. I just I want to be able to go to work in the morning. You know I I, I want to be able <laughs> to um, going to work. What going to work in the morning? No, many like, many Americans would not. <laughs> but i guess now that's really true though you know i, I want to like I, I mean i don't know about you but i i watch you know you watch the leftovers and you see a parade and this giant gathering of people and, you, and it looks foreign to me now i don't know if it, it if it looks foreign to you or not i mean yeah big crowds and whatnot parades aren't really my thing but yeah i can really like i miss going to college in person and like yeah but but I mean, what wasn't it a little bit jarring to see this big crowd of people gathered to hear this the speech? Like, it's always in the back of uh, my head. Yeah, when you see like, especially during quarantine, when, like people like make jokes about like diseases or like stuff like that, and yeah, seeing like people, large groups of people together, <laughs> like yeah. well, that's a big no no. <laughs> exactly. So uh, my my point is just that um, listening to that speech now. Uh, I had a different reaction to it than I ever have because we are in this situation where we've basically our, our lives are just are different now. And, and, and I find myself, you know, longing and for and, and pining after just simple things that, that used to be routine hmm. um, or even annoying. <laughs> so, uh. Anyway. But so, so Nora Durst is, is going to become a major major character, and she's she's my favorite character ever on television. She's amazing. Bold statement. Oh, uh, it, I'll stand by it for sure. Really? Oh, wait, just wait. Even better than Dokes from Dexter, that guy's my favorite character in television history. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember his first name. Joe, John. I don't think they ever gave him a first name. Oh, they did. Dokes, I, I, though. I Dokes is the best character in television history. Dokes? Dokes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Love Dokes. Come on. I love Dokes. Everything about the best him. Best character on that show. <laughs> Dexter's a great character. Maybe. I, I don't want to spoil anything from Dexter, but just. No, I, just yeah. I like Dokes. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you like Dokes. So. Uh, Anyway, whatever. Anyway, uh, we'll talk about Dexter another day, maybe. Maybe. Oh, that's a, that's a long series. But I don't, I don't really want to talk about Dexter. The ending, that, that finale is scarring. Oh, okay? oh yeah. Uh-huh. Speaking of finales, let's just put this right out there right now. Um, I know we're only in the pilot right now of The Leftovers, but we also just watched the pilot of Lost. 
Um, and Lost is, has a famously, I mean, renowned finale for its, to say it was divisive would be generous, I think, because it's, <laughs> it's widely despised. Um, there are some people who still stand by that finale, uh, but by and large, that is considered the biggest dud of a finale in in television history. Uh, so bigger uh, than so Game of Thrones, even? Do you think? No, yeah, you're, it may have been dethroned at this point. <laughs> by Game of Thrones, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, it, so it, so Damon Lindelof was under a lot of pressure to get the finale of The Leftovers right because it was so widely considered that he had botched the finale of, of Lost um, and the left the finale of The Leftovers. I think is pitch perfect and, and it's widely regarded as fantastic. So um, you have that to look forward to. Although I don't think it's even remotely what you would ever expect it to be having just watched the pilot. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, what else? Anything else from this episode you want to talk about? Well, we didn't really talk about Kevin very much. So like the actual, well, let's talk I about feel like Kevin. he's the most yeah, main yeah. of main characters uh, yeah. out of the family. At least they, they go around with Kevin a lot in this episode. That, absolutely um uh and one of the things that you'll find about the leftovers and i think probably uh from what i've heard and you can confirm this or, or not um that it's similar to lost is you get a lot of um single character episodes mm -hmm. in the leftovers different characters are the different focal points of different yes. episodes certainly yeah yeah it's okay. not like a it's not like a breaking bad where you're always by walt and like for the yeah. most part yeah yeah, right. yeah yeah okay yeah that's and that's that that's what i assumed and so we're gonna get uh, you know episode three is a is a matt episode that's the the guy handing out the flyer yeah, yeah, okay. that's his episode episode six is the nora episode and that's usually what most people consider to be the turning point of the season is episode six is just stellar that's her episode you know um and and so we're gonna get plenty of that and so but Kevin probably does have a disproportionate number of focal point episodes. Um, and then there are certainly plenty of episodes that have the whole ensemble as well, but, um, and there's not necessarily one point of view, um, but yeah. So Kevin, what, what about Kevin? What, what do you think of his? Uh... I love Kevin. Oh, I, just, I love him so much just cause he's just like a gritty, no shit taken guy just he's just a i mean he's super traumatized you know obviously he's taken prescription drugs i presume illegally maybe legally i don't know what do you uh, think he's traumatized by probably like his wife like leaving him and his family disliking him i think maybe someone now what's made what made her leave that it doesn't appear anyone in the immediate family um disappear based on that one photo of like yep. him and his wife and the kids so, but maybe, like, extended family disappeared or the stress caused by it, right, causing her to leave. Um, maybe she was, like, having an affair or he was having an affair and, like, one of their affair people left and they were grieving so much. Or I, like, I don't know. We are going to get answers to that, although probably not as soon as one might like. <laughs> I imagine, yeah, they will eventually go to the answers to why their relationship and it seems like the family fell apart. Yep. But, um, 
it, it, that seems to really toll on him because he wants his wife back, right? He calls his son. Like, he really, he really misses his family. Out of everyone in the family, he seems to want the family the most, right? He yes, kind of forces Jill to like you know have yeah. dinner with him and like still fathers her, right? Jill's not about. That, no, no one really wants anything to do with him and his family, but he wants to do with everyone. He wants everyone, and he back. keeps calling Tommy. Yeah, you, boy, yeah. you really you've identified a key theme of this series is that is that that's what he wants you're absolutely right he wants his family um and and really like it's it's interesting to think about you know what traumatizes someone uh like how that must be a very tough pill to swallow not that your wife leaves you because she's having an affair or your life wife leaves you because she doesn't love you anymore your wife leaves you and goes and joins this whatever this guilty remnant is uh i mean that just must be uh just the most the the most severe kick in the gut that you can think of i, mean, I wasn't um paying attention well i guess i didn't know that she was his wife at that point but like when when the guilty remnant come near the end and hold up the like stop wasting your breath signs and people come up to beat the crap out of them is his wife there she oh yeah yeah uh so in, fact, in fact yeah but you didn't know it was his wife at the time in fact the music slows they go into the slow motion of him helping her up off the ground and making sure she's okay uh, <laughs> yeah yeah wow clever of <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah it, it, one of the things that I, that I i really love about the leftovers is is the way that they do exposition are you familiar with the term exposition yeah. mm-hmm. okay so yeah the way that they do exposition i think is, is really just it's really good um it's not like force fed or, or anything like that it's it's like so, so you get all that there's there's this there's this moment between them and, and they show it and they, and they frame it in such a way that you it kind of catches your attention and then come to find out later there's there's a good reason why why it's done that way so i uh, i I had been thinking like because he kind of throughout it i i don't think he's like the biggest fan of the gr but like he talks about he's like when the gr is going to come right and like when when he i I remember him helping up like someone i didn't know it was his wife i didn't remember the face but like it made me think maybe he like sympathizes with them in some degree but now now that i think about it i think he actually dislikes the gr and only wants his wife back but at the time i thought maybe he has some sort of sympathies for them or right well you can kind of see both uh things play out there because uh, you know his wife is in the gr so he kind of wants he doesn't want like people to destroy them because then his wife gets destroyed right yeah. um but he also uh hates them because they took his wife from him yeah. um presumably uh but uh, th- this this group, this, the guilty remnant, they're like the ultimate trolls, right? They just kind of <laughs> love it. I love it so much. They just hang out in your driveway, stare at you, and smoke. I mean, could, is it, could there be anything more infuriating? They just stalk you. Not even at your house. They went out to eat, stalk you. I don't know how they yeah. knew where they went. Maybe to get into cars. I haven't seen them drive. Follow you, smoke, look at you. You hit them. Don't even react. Don't give you the pleasure. All right. They, nope. You don't need to go. Ah, oh, you hurt me. Just take it. Yep. Like, oh. Exactly. You, I, I got to tell you this quick story about the guilty remnant. Um, th- there was, there were high levels of doubt as to whether uh, this was going to get a season two, and then same thing for season three. Um, and one of the things I love about this show is it, there are only three seasons. It doesn't drag out forever. Wow. Um, yeah, you know, and and Damon Lindelof 
uh, got a third season, uh, and the, there was an agreement between him and HBO that that would be the final season. So he got to finish it the way he wanted to. He knew it was going to be the final season. There was always worry that there was going to be um, – it was just going to get yanked and, and we'd never see how he wanted to end it. But what's interesting is that he kind of ended every season in such a way that it would be okay. If the series ended there, you'd, it wouldn't be ideal, but you'd be okay. Um, but he, he'd leave it open enough for, for another season. Um, but in between the second and third season, there, there was, the second season was so good and just so beloved by everybody who watched it, but not a lot of people watched it. So there was, there was a big concern that HBO wouldn't renew it. And a group of people dressed up in all white and with cigarettes, uh, just hung out outside HBO (laughs) headquarters with like whiteboards and notepads of messages of renew the leftovers and stuff like that. It was unbelievable. That's that's genius. I know. It's so good. (laughs) anyway um all right what else anything else about kevin that you wanted to mention what do you think of the the uh um the deer oh yeah so the deer i was i mean so he saw the deer in his dream right he was dream he dreamt he like hit a deer or something or it was like under his car yep and then uh then he actually saw it and he gets hit um at first i was amazed the deer actually like stood i don't know why he stood its ground like right I, I have no clue why the deer would stand its ground. So I'm I'm assuming that this deer is the same deer that he saw in at the house of the person who he was trying to return the dog tags to. Oh yeah, uh, right. The, and then the, one and then broke into his house. He thought. Yeah, well, yeah. I he, about that. He, he asked the, the deer, <laughs> "Were you in my house last night?" That's, why the heck would deer, I'm so confused. I mean, I, I remember him saying this, but I, I hadn't really thought about that much. Why would it? I have so many. A lot, a lot of questions on that now, I guess. Why did the deer break into his house? What cause does the deer have? Well, I think that, you know, at this point, it's 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 mostly, uh, as far as we know, you know, the, the some the animals responded to this in, in a different way than people did, you know, and, and mm. animals are just different now. Oh, I didn't think about it. So 2% of humans left, but I didn't think about it. 2% of all living organisms go. Yeah, we don't know actually. That never gets brought up in the whole series. So, so you know, you know, what about what about plant life? Did plant life vanish too? We don't know. So, do some of your nerves go away? Do you feel a little less in certain places? <laughs> Did everyone get a little two percent dumb because some of your nerves disappear? No, well, that wouldn't make sense because then, like, what what constitutes a whole living organism? Right, like a person's made up of a ton of cells and like all. I gotta stop now. That's <laughs> getting too much yeah. knowledge to wrap the hole. But yeah. Oh. oh man. So you had originally uh after you watched this episode, you you texted me and said, I have so many questions. So have we answered them or, or do you have more questions? I mean, we've talked about them. Uh yeah. I won't really say they've been answered, but not they're not like bad questions, just like I wanna know like what happens to Holy Wayne, I wanna know more about the cult, you know. Yep. Having his family, what caused him to separate? Like, why is the wife at the call? I mean, yeah, I have questions, obviously, but like, you so, uh, some of them have been answered, I guess. But the questions that you're supposed to have after having seen this episode, yeah, yeah, I've no, I've no um confusion of like, what's this one girl? Why <laughs> do they keep showing this one girl? Like, no, it, it's pretty um cohesive story. I feel like it was, I wasn't very confused 
pilots are usually I can struggle with them a lot of characters which lost 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 pilot shows like 15 different characters oh my god it's so many characters <laughs> but, but I have my opinions on that which I will say so, for the podcast so, so I think that the, this pilot does a pretty good job of really focusing in on those four or five characters that, that you know the Garvey's Meg to a certain extent like I don't, I don't think there are too many characters for you to handle like they, they didn't they didn't try to cram Matt and Nora and Kevin Sr. into to this episode. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the best way to introduce characters is like you don't introduce them all at once, but you introduce like one and you kinda of like have his own little event that happened so you remember him, right? Like or like a certain like dialogue he says that's special so you remember him, right? Like, like yeah. if they were a family and they're all living together and the way they introduce the entire family so they all sit down for dinner quickly and then oh now you know his daughters and wife. That's not really a good way to introduce the daughter right. and wife, right? But yes. Like that, like when they go to each character, they each have their own little thing that happens, and like little like special dialogues and jobs they do and stuff that happens. So yeah, it makes them pretty memorable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. It's funny that you mentioned that because my favorite movie uh, is called uh, Magnolia. It's a relatively, I don't know, not 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 a ton of people have seen it, uh, but it's from 1999, and the, the well, there's an opening sequence that's kind of not part of it sets up the movie, but it doesn't have any of the characters that you're going to see for the rest of the time. Um, but then once you get into the character introductions, it is exactly what you're saying. It's, it's like, they, here's, here's a little clip of this character. This character must be important. Look at this. Is, this is an important uh, character and here's how to remember them and what we want you to know about them right away. And it's, it's, it's done ex- extremely well in the way that you just <laughs> said. So that's cool. Anyway. Okay. Um, we probably ought to put the leftovers episode or season one, episode one to rest here. Um, but just to follow up, uh, you said that you, you liked the the pilot. You thought it was a really good pilot. Uh, you still feel that way? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you do not say anything bad about the series that made me give up on that. So yeah, I, I well, do still like you're it. pretty much never going to hear me say anything bad about the series. <laughs> I, mean, I, I will tell you, there are some things I'll tell you some of the things about this episode that I don't love. Um, I, I, I think that some of the, some of the little flashes that you get, like at one point, Lori has a flash to like a, a I don't know, a school playground beating or something. I don't oh know yeah, you're right. Yeah, I remember. I like, forgot it was her, but I remember that. Yeah, I remember. Like, it is never brought up again in the whole series, <laughs> so I have no idea what they're going for there. Um, at, at one point, the abuse support group. There you go. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, maybe it fits into your theme there. Yeah, um, you know, one Jill leaves the 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 awful party, which I I'm not a fan of that party. Um, and, but Jill leaves that party, and um, the, she turns around, and there are, she, there are two. I assume they're women in burkas staring. Oh, yeah, down. you're right. Like I I have no idea what they are, like or or why they're there. <laughs> I. They're, they never come up again <laughs> well before like, no i, I kind of want to hit on that i forgot i forgot to talk about i mean i yeah it's weird doing that but like the way they show religion in this right like it was constantly show on the tv debates like uh-huh. people talking about that and like obviously i can see how this like it would cause a more uptick in religion in society than there is right now because you know why did everyone disappear this is a very good question science cannot explain yep you know what I mean? Which I'm so glad you brought that up because in one of the things I, I, I that I that I noticed more in this viewing than I ever have before is it, it was really jarring to see uh, 
the the school classroom where yes. they say, "Do you want to stand? If you want to stand for the pledge, stand for the pledge." And nobody stands for the pledge. And then they say, "If you want to kneel and pray, go ahead." And like everybody kneels and prays. <laughs> I know. I yeah. I don't know how other schools are in the U.S., but like I thought it's I pretty sure it's almost not mandatory except i think that's against the law but like you stand up for the pledge of allegiance right like yep. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's i mean it's not mandatory the, the, like and every once in a while a school will go through a debate of hmm. you know do i need to stand for the pledge and we we see even in, in in the school that you went to that i teach at every once in a while there are students who don't stand for the pledge i remember that actually i remember that do you i remember i remember some instances yeah like yeah. wonder if you could but for the most part, yeah. Just, everyone, yeah. It, it makes me wonder, like, what happened um, to, like, people lose faith in the country for? It must be something that, I wonder what, like, it's going to be about, like, if the president's failed people or, like, why they, or, like, the government's failed people because they can't give up this answer. They show how the government couldn't, um, you know, they, it's been three years and they had to, like, they couldn't, they don't know why it didn't work. Right. Or, or they don't know why uh, this departure occurred. Yeah, exactly. The the Denzinger report, right? The, that was uh, what they were showing on uh, the, the the Senate hearing or whatever it was. And the the, the guy in charge of it says, "You're what you've come up with after all this time is you don't know." Like, so. Um, but it's interesting that you identified the this concept of of religion and faith uh, in this pilot because it's not very prevalent in the pilot, but. Oh boy, does it become more prevalent as we proceed through here? Um, and I, I, and again, I haven't seen Lost, but from what I understand, there's a big one. The one of the big themes and prevailing uh, discussions throughout Lost is the man of science versus man of faith concept. Uh, does that sound? Yeah, I can. I can, I can think of some um, instances okay. of that. Um, and and you're gonna get a lot of that in the leftovers too of the man of the, you know, the science versus faith and really they don't the, i think i think personally they do a really great job of never coming down too heavily on one side or the other um and and actually always leaving room even when they lean into one always leaving the door open to the possibility that it might be the other mm-hmm. so it's it's really it's really cool in that way i i love that so I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, and do I have any other statements I want to say on this? I don't think so. Let me just go through my take notes here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's looking like we went through everything here. Okay, sounds good. Well, we'll put the we'll put the uh, we'll wrap up the uh, the leftovers episode season one episode one and. Uh, looking forward to talking about season one, episode two next week, which is called, I don't remember. I should have had that right in front of me. <laughs> season one, episode two, <laughs> which is called season one, episode two. That's right. Not pilot part two. Like some no, series like to do and cheat. It's actually, it's called penguin one plus zero. <laughs> okay. What a title. That is a that's an interesting title. Okay, well, win uh, one, us zero. Well, uh, goodbye, everyone. <laughs> okay, have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for thanks thanks for joining us. Adios.